Today we want to remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, his life and death on the cross. If you have your Bibles, please, please open them to Mark chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 16 through 37. So if you find Matthew, I mean Mark chapter 15, verse 16 through 37, let's begin reading it together. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. When they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days? Come down now from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teacher of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this king of Israel, Come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the, those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, <clears throat> filled the sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. If this is all you know of the story of Jesus, if this is the only part that you know, it leaves you with despair. When you look at the disciples, that's all they knew in their minds. And you have to think to yourself, how could they have been so wrong? One by one, each of them chose to leave everything to answer the call to follow Jesus and become fishers of men. For years, they watched anticipation as Jesus worked miracles and taught with authority. Peter even stated that Jesus was indeed the Christ, the Son of the living God. But now, the unthinkable has taken place, and the joy has been replaced with despair. As Jesus is brutally beaten and now hanging in a cruel wooden cross, to be disappointed in a human being is one thing, but to be disappointed in Jesus is even worse. Now life has never looked as so bleak to them as it did that day to the disciples. But if we are honest, we have disappointing times. Perhaps you're discouraged today with your place in life and, and society. Or maybe you're distressed over a wayward family member who has stopped following Jesus. Perhaps you're grieving over the loss of a loved one. Or you're bothered over a deep hurt that has been festering for years. Or maybe for you, it's this last year dealing with the coronavirus. It's got you distressed. It's, it's got you worried. And it's got you thinking, will it, er, will it ever be over with and things go back the way they used to be? Whatever the reason, whatever is on your mind today, I want you to imagine in your mind the cross of Jesus Christ. 
and be consoled. It's amazing how an instrument of death that was originally one of cruelty, suffering, and shame has now become a symbol of endurance, love, and hope. The Apostle Paul said this about the cross in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. He said, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The disciples had, every, had heavy hearts when they originally looked at the cross. And I want us to look at the cross from their perspective, to think their thoughts and feel what they felt. But in addition, I want us to see the joy they received when they saw the cross a few days later. See, the disciples were disillusioned by the cross. They felt defeated. They were convinced that Jesus was the promised Messiah, and they had every reason to believe it. They had saw one miracle after another that Jesus performed. They saw Jesus change water into wine. They saw Jesus give his sight to the blind. They saw him display his amazing authority over nature when he calmed the stormy sea. They saw him cast out demons and heal the sick. They saw him feed thousands with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. They watched as Jesus was dramatically transfigured before their eyes. Most recently, they'd even seen Jesus raise Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. They saw him raise him from the dead. And the crowds had welcomed him with great shouts of anticipation of waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna. Jesus even confirmed his identity that he was the Messiah. But the disciples had misconceptions on what the Messiah would do. So they thought that Messiah would be a political Messiah who would come and demolish the oppressive Roman Empire and restore the mighty kingdom of King David. And they were eager to be part of that kingdom. That's what they wanted. Over and over, they asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? They had often argued about which one of them would be the greatest in the kingdom. But James and John actually asked him for position of authority. Who could sit on the right or his left? They had misconceptions. Part of the reason, because they had completely ignored the Old Testament prophecies that said that the Messiah would be a suffering servant, that he'd be like a lamb led to the slaughter, that he would be despised and rejected, would be betrayed into the hands of evil men. No matter how many times Jesus would try to convey to the disciples that he was heading to Jerusalem to suffer and die, the disciples never quite grasped it. In Luke chapter 9, verse 44 through 45, listen to what he says. While everyone was marveling all what Jesus did, he said this to his disciples. Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them, so they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. So when the disciples, so when Jesus took his disciples to the garden of, to pray, and, and he was arrested at night, and then by 9 a.m. the next morning, Jesus was hanging on a cross, the disciples were almost in shock and, and dismay because they were disillusioned as well. What was going on? You can sense that in the words of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they, what they said in Luke chapter 24. They said we had hope that he would be the Messiah. But we can be in disillusioned by Jesus as well. If we come to him with wrong assumptions of what he will do for us. It is true that Jesus will help us, that he is our protector and provider and our comforter. But if you think that Jesus, but if you think just because you're a Christian that you'll never get sick or have trouble, then just look to Jesus who's suffering on the cross. If you think that you're never going to have any financial trouble, just look to Jesus. He, he died penniless. Not only were the disciples disillusioned by the cross, but they were disappointed by the cross. Think of all that disciples had invested in Jesus. They gave up their careers. They left family and friends. They invested three entire years of their life following Jesus. 
Now all that they had hoped for now hung on a cross. The longer you live in the world, the, the more you realize that life is filled with disappointments. Perhaps you've invested all into a relationship only to see it fail or not be the relationship that you thought it was going to be. Perhaps you've invested your whole life to a cause only to see it never come about. Perhaps you prayed for and worked with your children to teach them the things of God, yet your children still have chosen to wander away from the faith and not follow Jesus. Perhaps you rooted all, rooted all season for your favorite college basketball team to win the national championship, but they lost in the very first playoff round. Maybe you were disappointed with your, yourself, with mistakes that you've made, with some bad decisions. Consider the cross. Consider the disciples. They, they fled when Jesus got arrested. And when they looked at a cross, they felt guilty because they realized how they had been so cowardly. Now, to their credit, the lives of the disciples uh, were, were risking the garden if they would have followed Jesus. Had they not fled, they would have probably been arrested and probably would have been killed too, like Jesus. How many of us would like to think that if we were there, that we might have been brave in that situation? But would we really stood with Jesus and possibly given our lives for Jesus? Would we really stood there with him and say, yes, I'll follow him. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. The disciples must have thought that he had acted cowardly. The one time when Jesus needed him the most, they, they all fled. Remember the words of Peter, how he, how he boasted. He says, if all others deny you, he says, I will not. I will follow you. But Peter did deny knowing Jesus, and he now looks at Jesus, and Jesus is hanging on a cruel cross. You see, the disciples looked at a cross and revealed their sin. And when we looked at a cross, we see the sin of it at its worst. We looked at a cross. We all know what it's like to feel guilty or there's something we've done wrong. We all have done things that we're not proud of, but we tend to want to overlook our own sins, don't we? We try to justify or we try to manage our sins. We say, I'm not bad compared to who and who's ever standing we're trying to compare it to. When we look to the cross, we see that our sins are no laughing matter. When we see the bloodstained cross, we see that sin has grave consequences. The cross reveals to us in a very bloody manner just how deadly our sins are that our sin is very, very serious manner. When we see the cross, we see just how awful our sins are. When we look to the cross, we see the awful consequences of sins. That our Heavenly Father lets us see the awful consequence of sin on display at the cross. And the disciples were originally distressed by the cross. But two things took place that changed the cross from one of despair to one of rejoicing. The first was the resurrection which we'll focus more on Sunday morning. But when Jesus appeared to them alive, they knew that he was the Messiah. And they had been wrong because he had, they had a misconception of who he was. Now they realized that Jesus was stronger than death and that Jesus had conquered sin and the grave. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says, And who, through the spirit of holiness, was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. When we look at the cross... It's only through the resurrection where we can say, totally awesome. Totally awesome. We get a different perspective when we look at the resurrection. Get a different perspective about the cross. The second thing that happened, they came to understand the purpose of the cross. That the cross was not an accident. It wasn't a last-minute decision. The cross was designed by God to be a payment for the sins of mankind. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. 
The Bible says that without the shedding of the blood, there can be no forgiveness and that the life is in the blood. Someone has to pay the consequence for our sin and that someone has to satisfy the righteous justice of, of God. In the Old Testament, we see that yearly sacrifices were to prepare us for the ultimate sacrifice that was to come. Jesus, the Lamb of God, without blemish, would die for the payment for our sins. And forgiveness lies in the blood that Jesus bled on the cross. From the nails in his hands, to the crown of thorns on his head, to the spear in his side, to the stripes on his back, and the blood spilled from his skin knees when he stumbled and fell. Jesus died for our sins, and the cross had a purpose behind it. Let me, let me share some practical application that we, can, that we can apply to our own lives. First, be patient with the things that disappoint you. It may be the best thing that happened to you. Consider the cross. The cross originally seemed to be the worst things that ever taken place. But in reality, the cross was the best thing that happened, not only to the disciples, but to us here as well. That's why we can't be so quick to judge our circumstances either being good or bad. Be patient. Difficult circumstances can be quickly reversed. It only took three days for God to change the plight of the disciples. Be patient and persevere through your tough times. God has a solution that you're going through. And the solution may be just around the corner. So don't give up. Don't give up. Finally, if you're disappointed in the mistakes you've made, I want you to look to the cross and find forgiveness. See, Peter fled, even denied knowing Jesus, but he turned to the cross and was restored. And we could do the same. You see, not only does the cross reveal our sins, but also reveals to us the amazing grace of God, that Jesus became God incarnate to battle our sin head on. And Jesus entered into our sinful world and risked rejection, being misunderstood in order to pay the price for our redemption. That's the love of God. That's the love that God has for you, for each and every one of us. He loves us. And whatever you're going through, you can bring it to, to, to God through Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior yet, please accept him today. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. That's what the cross is all about, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And come to him today and admit that you're a sinner and understand that Jesus is God and he died on the cross for your sins and trust him as your Savior. For those who know Jesus as Savior, whatever you're going through, please bring it to Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If it is sin, please give it to Jesus. Confess it to him. He died on the cross for your sins. Go then and sin no more, but confess it to him. If you're going through a difficult circumstance, please give it to Jesus. Cast it upon him. He died on the cross to relieve us of all of our sins and burdens. That's why he came. That's why he died. So you and I wouldn't be burdened anymore with our sins or, or any of the circumstance we're dealing with. Let's remember Jesus today. He died on the cross for our sins. Let's thank him and let's worship him and let's praise him together. Let's pray. Lord, we come and we praise you. We thank you so much today, Lord, as we remember the cross. We remember that cruel cross that Jesus went and, and up on that cross because of our sins. That we can't look back and say, boy, th those people treated him so badly and terribly. It was our sins too that put Jesus up on the cross. And Lord, we're so thankful for the cross because without the cross, we can never have forgiveness of sins. So we say thank you, we praise you, and we worship you because of the cross. But Lord, the cross would mean nothing without the resurrection. 
And Lord, we look forward to celebrating that on Sunday. Because of the resurrection, you defeated death and sin and Satan, and you overcome it for us. And we know because of the resurrection, because of the cross and then the resurrection, that we have hope of eternity with you, Jesus, one day to be with you. Lord, I pray for each person in those listening uh, to this. That, Lord, first, if they don't know Jesus yet, they'd trust him as their Savior. I pray for their soul that they come to know you. For all of us who know Jesus, Lord, I pray that we would spend this time just to thank you for the cross and to worship you. Because without the cross, there is no hope. It's only through the blood-stained cross of Jesus that we have hope, forgiveness of sins, and eternity and in heaven with Jesus forever and ever. Amen. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.